Elite Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Yep, you know what time it is. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. Jason, you just got done with another episode over on Excellence Cartel. How are you, man? You ready to knock out back-to-back episodes here? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't sleep well last night, so I am a little tired. But like I told you, once, once we get rolling, I'm good. But uh, the episode was amazing. I mean, having Milos on and talking about intracarbs and insulin and, you know, growth and just really kind of peeling the onion, man, on, you know, some of the more hiring shit that people do um was really cool it was really cool you know just to be around a guy that's competed in what 72 pro shows 10 olympias like it's pretty cool so all of our podcasts together are growing really well and it's just kind of cool to see it so yeah so people ours launches you know we're recording on a thursday ours will launch this coming sunday it should already be out the excellence cartel podcast if you guys haven't checked that out um it's really really good obviously you know, both Jeff's and you have kind of crashed this show and hosted it. And I've been on that yeah. episode. I've been on there for a couple episodes. So a lot of good information, guys. Go check out the Excellence Cartel. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and link that up in our show notes just to get some more listeners over there, guys. You can't you can't ever go wrong with more good information. So let me put this in my show notes here. Um what else is going on new with you, man? You got, a, um, you got a new product to tell us about, right? Yeah, so, you know, I've been talking about our new Flame Defense, which is our joint and um, anti-inflammatory product. Um, so this is one of those ones kind of dual purpose. Um, you know, obviously, if you have joint problems, it's going to help big time. We have a uh, university tested patented ingredient in it that's going to be hard to find anywhere else uh, called Crecelazine. Got really nice studies behind it. We boosted it though with Boswellia and turmeric and then a couple collagen peptides and things like that. Um, so I'm happy for it. Um, I tested uh, the Crecelazine on its own. It was adding in a few of my own anti-inflammatories with it and it got amazing results. I'm actually going to be really pumped to get this all in, in formula and in just two caps. So that's badass. Um, and then November 29th is my hormones class. I have had a few more signups. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm getting low on numbers. If you are interested in the metabolic adaptations with hormonal dysfunction, um, coupled together, how do you, how do you combat it? What's the application for coaches and, or just fixing yourself? Uh, you can email me on that one. Yeah. It's a great class. You go over all the protocols and everything. It's what, three hours long, (laughs) three hours. Yep. I've got a lot of people that have, you know, I've actually sat through it whenever you did it at the summit. So I'm going to link up the link to the new flame defense, the new joint product. It's in the show notes, guys, if you want to check it out. And obviously all the links to anything we talk about in the episode will be in the show notes. So as soon as you're done, all you have to do is go to that and click and it'll take you right to where you want to go. So I'll have your email and everything in there. Um, Real quick, new with me is um, by the time people hear this, We're going to be one day away from doing our big fall launch. I've got two brand new products. Jason, I'm not going to tell people what they are. I just told you what they are. Um, One's a new flavor of pre-workout that we're super, super excited about. And then another's a new product, completely new product that I've had put together using some really high quality ingredients plus some electrolytes. So guys, stay tuned for that. It's going to drop on Monday. I'll go ahead and put a link to Fat Muscle here in the site. But other than that, um, I sold out my advanced dieting strategies class on zoom. Last time we had that 
the episode, I, I linked that up. I got quite a few people that to join there. So we've got around 20. It sold out quick. Um, so that's done. I probably won't do another one until January. Um, so stay tuned for that. Probably do advanced keto again. But other than that, man, uh, we've got a great, great topic for today. We are almost to 400 reviews. So as soon as we get there, man, we're going to give out some good products. Um, just tag us. You guys are doing the work. Just tag us. We're almost there. Almost there. We're trying to grow this to get over 400. And then, uh, then we'll give it a break for a little bit. So let's, let's go ahead and get there. But Jason, this topic here, just like any other topic that we've always done, we'll talk about it, but we kind of, I like to go back in time. I like to talk about what you and I have learned over the years, where we started, because we're both really big on, on learning from failure or learning from mistakes. This topic today is training and deloads and, and, you know, or time off and is it really needed? And, you know, I want to go back, let's go back to maybe 2007, probably a little earlier for you. What was your training like when you very first started? Did you use deloads or did you just go into the train and just uh, train balls to the wall? I mean, when I first started training, I didn't know what a deload was. There was no internet. I didn't know anything. I just went into the gym. My dad had body built. I was told to eat a lot of protein and, and show up four or five times a week. And that's what I fucking did, you know? Um, and I grew fast. Um, but as you learn technique, as you learn intensity techniques, that's when I think the deloads really become important. You know, I, my first four years training, I don't know that I was training hard enough that I really needed a deload, you know, to be honest with you. I mean, I thought I was training hard, but when I look back, I really didn't have anyone to come to college and train me. Um, I don't really know that I needed them. I didn't know what the fuck it was. Um, so I'm sure I wasted a lot of time, but you know, you figure things out as you go. So, yeah, I know back when I first started, I was, I was doing a four day split, um, really training three, four days a week yeah, at the most. Too. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into, we'll break this all down. We'll talk about what overreaching is. We'll talk about deloads and we'll define them, but just to kind of set this up, you know, I think a lot of people, especially when you're younger, if you're training four days a week, even if you are training your ass off, you're probably not going to need a deload like you will, will once you get a little bit older. You're doing those intensity techniques. You're training more than three or four days a week. That's when I really started to really started to learn about it. Do you remember when you started to pay attention to deloads and around what time it was? Gosh, um, maybe uh, 2010. And by then I personally was already, you know, a lot of years deep in training. I mean, I just, again, I feel like I, it took me years to personally really learn to train with the type of intensity that I feel like I needed a full week off. Um, so, uh, 2010 was around the first time I did nationals, um, and went for my pro card. So, I mean, <laughs> You know, should I have been using them prior? Yeah. Had I been? Not really. Was there times that I took three or four days off because we were traveling or just other things were more important in that time? Yeah. So, you know, I had days off, but, you know, it wasn't this, it didn't have a cute name and it really wasn't programmed. It just kind of happened as, as I went along. Yeah. It was just kind of organic. I, I know. Yeah. You know, I learned a lot in 2013 myself when I started to do powerlifting meets and I started to mix in powerlifting with bodybuilding training. And, you know, even though I'm not a big fan of that for my clients or anyone these days, if you're strictly into bodybuilding, physique enhancement, I did learn a lot of it from the strength aspect. 
And I quickly found out what it felt like to be overreached. And if you want to know what that's like, go do a powerlifting uh, programming split to where you lift in the real, real heavy rep ranges. And where deloads kind of came into that kind of programming was you would train extremely hard, extremely heavy. And I know there are bodybuilders out there listening think, well, I train heavy. No, I'm talking about heavy one, two, three rep maxes consistently all the time, like really, really hard and heavy on your CNS and your joints. But what would happen is we were programming a deload like every four weeks, for example, sure. and we would train super hard. We would take a deload and then we would come out of that deload and start training hard again. And our strength would go up instead of just training nonstop balls to the wall. And I thought about that for bodybuilding for a long time. I thought, you know what, why doesn't that translate to muscle growth, which it does. And we'll talk about but why would someone just train and never worry about a deload? So that's when I really, really started to pay attention to it because, you know, we'll, we'll get into these definitions here in just a minute. Um, but without them, I started to notice I was starting to get weaker and I was really starting to become um, overreached. You know, one thing, Jason, I wanted to bring up real quick before we start getting into these definitions and talking about what we do with people. I also remember back then I would always hear about IFBB pros because that's who I followed growing up. Yeah. I, you know, natural bodybuilders, you didn't hear a lot of this with back in the magazines back in the day, but you would always hear about IFBB pros taking like two months. I would hear a lot. That they would just take two months off. I'm like, why? Dexter, I think does that after a show or at least, you know, two or two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So that's, that's when I started to pay attention to the bodybuilding side of it. And that's when I started to realize once I had been through preps myself, prep is just one big overreaching cycle, is it not? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. especially especially I mean, if it, you're natural. You know, I've said it before, it's calculated starvation. I mean, that's what it fucking is. Um, so, you know, you couple all the cardio, all the training, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one big overreaching for sure. Well, let's go ahead and start getting to the definitions of overreaching and high volume and high intensity and what that feels and looks like. But Jason, if you would just kind of explain to people what training does to the body uh, hormonally with cortisol to the nervous system and stuff like that, and why that's important that people understand what training can do. Because the, you know, this day and age, you're really paying attention to that, especially the females yeah. on how much that affects the body. Just go ahead and let people know what that's like. Yeah. I mean, you know, training is a stress, um, especially intense training. You know I mean? If you, if you train 20 minutes a day light and just pumped out some, you know, reps, eh, the cortisol response probably isn't really that high, but you know, the type of training that you need, um, to elicit hypertrophy and to continually elicit hypertrophy, um, it's a stress to the body. And so, you know, uh, there's a cortisol response to that. We all know cortisol in itself is not bad. It's bad when it, you know, starts to build up um, and you're stuck more in a sympathetic, sympathetic uh, dominant state, which is your flight or fight. And uh, training intense, dieting, uh, low-cal, um, not resting, not sleeping well, all that can kind of put you in that sympathetic state um, where cortisol is high. And, um, you know, we've talked a million times about, about the, the negative impacts that that state then has on the body in terms of inflammation, high glucose, all those different things. So, and then it becomes kind of a circular um, problem. And then people keep training more thinking that's going to be the yep. answer and actually pulling back is what is needed. And that's what the show is about today. Yeah. So, and that's, that kind of sets up to, you know, define overreaching. And to me, 
It's simply, and I do this with clients on purpose. I put them through some overreaching weeks, if not during prep, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I put them through an overreaching state to try and get extra growth. And then I deload them right after. But to me to reach overreaching um, outside of dieting is when someone has very, very high intensity and high volume matched. So a lot of people will train high intensity, but their volume's not real high and they don't need deloads and they don't need as much time off because the intensity is high, but their total sets might not be real high or someone trains higher volume in those higher rep ranges like you were just talking about. And I train like that all the time now, just kind of for joint health and it's not so hard on the CNS, but if your volume's real high, but you're not, your intensity isn't super high, maybe you're hitting like a seven or eight on the RPE scale, then you don't need to deload as often. But when you start getting intensity and volume get up high, that's when you start to become overreached. And um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of times that people will feel the following things. And this is what I tell them, like their sleep starts to suffer. And th- to me, this just kind of comes back to cortisol being, being pretty high, you know, not acute, but uh, chronically high. So like your sleep starts to suffer, your strength starts to go down, your motivation to train starts going down. You don't really just feel like training. And I get that reported from clients all the time. And I said, guess what? You're headed for a deload. That's, that's exactly the way you should feel if you're training hard enough, trying to make gains. Now it's time to deload. Um, anything with overreaching or, or volume and intensity that you want to add to that? Um, I mean, there's a time and place for it. I mean, which I think you've already kind of said, um, I think there's some people that can get away with overreaching more than others. And you're going to have to, you know, check your recovery. I think um, overreaching is a great way to bring up a lagging body part. Um, you know, you could train something daily um, for maybe two weeks and probably elicit a little bit fuller look to it. Um, different, different things like that. But um, you know, there's going to be an equal and reaction pushback in the other direction from any of those type of things. So just be aware of that and ready for it. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things too. You bring up some people are able to do it more than others. Let's talk about natural versus enhanced because on the natural side, you can't get away with as much as an enhanced athlete. Go ahead and go ahead and talk about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it really comes down to hormones. Bodybuilding is a hormone driven sport, unfortunately. And so, you know, if you're natural and, you know, let's say you're a guy and you have average testosterone levels of 500, and then you've got another guy who's got super physiological testosterone levels of 2,500. Um, just right there alone, you know, recovery is going to be better in the athlete with the higher testosterone levels. There's going to be uh, more protein synthesis going on, more carbohydrates stored within the muscle. Um, and all that's going to lead to faster recovery. I mean, that's what performance enhancing drugs really do. They, they, they improve your recovery so you can train harder, you can train longer, you can train more often. So now deloads aren't as needed as often. All those things allow for development faster. And so, you know, you really got to know yourself and know what your recovery capabilities are. And, you know, once sleep starts to go down, um, you know, things of that nature, digestion starts to be kind of off. Uh, you might really be looking at a situation where, all right, it's time to uh, pull back for a week here. And, you know, we can define like, you know, do you pull back or do you just rest? You know, we can talk about those different strategies as well. So, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get into that because there's, there's, there's two, to me, just like you said, there's two different approaches. There's time off and there's a deload. And to me, a deload is when 
someone backs off and they go in and they train, they don't train to failure. They may only work out maybe two or three days a week. They just kind of work the muscle and keep stimulating it. Um, and that's it. Time off is just time off. Like you don't go in and train at all. Which, which method do you personally prefer yourself as a, as a yeah. pro, but also what do you like to recommend to your clients or do you kind of yeah. just go by the biofeedback? Yeah. So a lot of times for my women, um, cause I, a lot of times I'll train women a lot differently. Um, I actually have their highest carb days on their off day, especially if they show me that they're kind of a cortisol dominant person. Um, and so I'll have some women clients who have to deload and, and by deload, it means yoga for a week, um, no training. So we're really, really pushing that parasympathetic with that restorative yoga. I might crank up cordies, our, our, our cortisol metabolism product, but for other athletes that are on performance enhancing drugs, it might be, um, where we scale their intensity back to 60%, but I let them get in maybe four pump sessions a week. And that's enough to let them recover. I am a little more along those lines myself. I can tell when I'm, when I'm, when I'm um, kind of at my point where I need a deload. And actually, I think I'm there now. <laughs> uh, my sleep hasn't been good. Um, I was telling you earlier, I didn't sleep well last night. Um, it's been like that for a while. Um, I just feel kind of run down. So I'm going to take, I took today off. I'm going to take Friday off and I'm just going to take the weekend off. Aiden's got soccer games. I've got personal stuff planned. Um, so I'm gonna take four days off and just get back at it Monday. Um, but a lot of times for someone who's enhanced, I'm using the method of allow them to get some pumps in, um, but pull, pull back maybe four reps shy of failure, um, and do it that way. Now, if they say, you know what, I'd rather just not train. I'm all for it. That's fine. But, um, you know, that's kind of the differentiating way that I do it. Men natural. A lot of times it's going to be, you know, I do use more biofeedback there. Um, but it, I usually have them rest as well. If I can get them to do it. Um, I just feel like it's a different game when you've got super physiological hormone levels, you know, everything doesn't have to be, uh, your recovery is just, it's just better. And it's, it's a good bit better. Yeah. Speak, speaking of sleep, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Jason's screen is black. I think the, I think it's getting dark on you, man. You're it's on the just East dark Coast. and now I can't get up. And so there's no lights on in the house. <laughs> I've literally been recording podcasts since three fifteen. <laughs> Dude, uh, if you need to go flip the light on, go ahead. Cause I've got some stuff to add. Yeah. Man. I'm gonna go don't, flip it. Don't fucking trip and fall on anything. Yeah. If you guys hear them in the background, like, Oh fuck. Of course, if you're listening on the podcast, you can't see. There we go. Back to life. Um, yeah, man. So whenever you talk about, you know, people that aren't even just on HRT, like I just have people report much less symptoms when it comes to overreaching. Now, I know with my clients, I like to set them up a healthy client. I say it this way. I like to take my healthy clients. And I know they're in a good place. And around every, you know, it might be six weeks. It might be eight. It depends on the person. I'm going to go through a one to two week overreaching period. And what I have them do is I have them take every single set to extreme failure. So on an RPE scale, if you guys don't know what that up, just look, don't know what that is. Look up RPE scale, a 10 out of 10. So you take every set to failure, you know, without a spotter, the best you can. And I also have them add a set to every single exercise they do. So it's very, very hard for a week. Sometimes it's two weeks. It depends on the person. And man, they're, they're dragging. So normally their scale weight goes up, inflammation's up, they're sore, they're tired. Um, 
and they're really, really starting to lose motivation. And then I deload them for a whole week. And normally what I tell them, I'm like, Hey, just train in the 20 to 30 rep ranges, go in and get a pump for maybe three days a week. And if you need to take some days off, take some days off. And I just give them the choice to choose. And usually after that week off, you know, they drop the inflammation, they drop cortisol, sleep improves, and they come out of that motivated to train again. And then I tell them, Hey, go try and beat your numbers. Try and go get stronger on the lifts, try and become better at the lifts. And I do that, you know, every couple months. And I've just seen better progress. And there's research out there to support this better progress, of people gaining muscle over time, uh, especially natural athletes, because they, they need these kind of edges and advantages. You can't just train without, without moving things around, going up and down. You can't just train the same all the time. Uh, at some point, you're going to stall out. So I've had really, really good progress with that myself with clients um, as long as they're healthy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have any, I agree. You, yeah. You have anything to add or, or anything um, when it comes to that? No, I would leave that. I, I I like your input there. I mean, you know, I, I think you covered that one well. Man, I think that's that's it. I mean, really, it's a short, simple episode. If you guys want to try it out, just just try upping your intensity and your volume and try it for a week and really, really push the limits and then take a deload and then watch your numbers. You know, I don't, I'm not a big logbook guy, but if someone wants to use a logbook, um, I remember my lifts off the top of my head. Um, but if you're doing certain lifts, you need to have a logbook. You know, Dante's real big on beating the logbook. And um, there was a deload. As a matter of fact, I haven't done DC in like 10 years. I believe there was a deload program in there like every, what, four weeks or so, something like that. It was something like that. I mean, I don't know if it was every four, but it, you, what, you didn't get, you didn't get um, too deep without one. Yeah, and, and it was always about coming back after that and starting to beat the logbook, beat your numbers. Yeah. And I think that deload was an important part of that. I really do. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that this is going to be different for every single person. I think that's really important for us to – hammer that home. Um, and you really got to learn to watch your biofeedback. Like, you know, things that I watch in myself, how achy am I, you know, are my joints really starting to just, just go to shit. Is my sleep starting to fail? And you got to be honest with yourself. You know, one night of bad sleep is fine, but if you're waking up at four 30 every morning and you're having a hard time to go back to sleep, which is what's happening to me right now for the last probably 10 days. Now I have remedies to get back to sleep, but you're just putting a bandaid on it. Um, even digestion, uh, it's been harder to get it down. I bought some extra betaine, but the thing is, it's like, why do I need that? Like, why, why do I have to get that? You know? And so I'm, I'm starting to look at all the variables myself, uh, of what's going on with me and then just not as jazzed up to get to the gym. You know? Um, I know for myself, I love training. Like it's my place. Um, and when I'm just kind of like, uh, you know what, I could do yeah. extra emails and I could do this and then I'm not going to be as stressed. I just kind of know that, you know, my body's screaming for the time off. So and then I, like I said, I think it comes down to what works best for you. I think you can do 60% effort and recover and maybe just do three times a week. Or if you just don't want to be there, take the week off. Um, but, you know, by continually stoking the mTOR path, which is what you're doing by, um, by training. Um, and you don't ever give that a break. You're creating inflammation via basically an impaired detoxification system. And that's why every person who comes to me with hormonal dysfunction gets detoxed first using our Metapure to open that system back up. And I pull their training way back. Right. And, and you know, a lot of them lose four or five pounds and they're like, Whoa, where'd that come from? It's like, well, you were inflamed. 
Um, so, you know, you got to keep that in mind that we weren't meant to continually stoke that mTOR pathway, which is basically just your hypertrophy to build muscle. We weren't meant to keep stoking that all the time. And I have to even admit that I'm not superhuman and I have to take these times too. And it's really hard for me. So everyone out there, I get it. It sucks, especially when it's your place and it makes you feel good. Um, but I do think this is, it's an important episode and you really got to watch your own biofeedback if you don't have a coach watching it for you. Yeah. And I think one more thing to add that we can talk about to the listeners, um, you know, as coaches I, and even myself, I don't, you know, I train the 2030 rep ranges, so I don't really need a lot of time off. Right. I can't remember the last time I took a full week off from training right. unless I was sick because I just like it. It keeps me in tune. Correct. And even though I tell my clients this, they're, they're always worried they're going to go backwards when they take time off. And even in my head and I tell them, I'm like, you're not going to go backwards. You're actually going to go forwards. Take, take a step back to take two steps forward. Still mentally, I don't feel fucking good staying away from the gym. So I have to make myself at least take like three days in a row. Um, yep. They don't need to fear going backwards with a week off, correct? No, not at all. I mean, obviously I know that I'm saying. Now whatever. I will say to them, uh, what I do notice is if my diet's good, which my diet's always in check. I mean, I, I take my liberties, but I know what works for me. I will feel leaner because inflammation leaves my body. I won't feel as full, but I mean, that's because I'm not pushing all the glycogen. I mean, on my high days when I train, I get 600 carbs. I get 300 around training. Well, I'm not doing that in the off, off days. You know, I maybe hit 300 and I have more fats in my diet. So I feel leaner, but a lot of that's inflammation flushing, but I don't feel as full. That's not muscle loss. That's just not stoking that mTOR pathway and pushing in all those carbohydrates and the extra calories that most people take in on training day. You know, I'm always, for years, I've always taken in a good bit more on training days than off days. Um, I give my digestion a little more break um, a lot of times. So that's what you're going to feel. And I think it's important to impart that knowledge on someone if they're kind of freaked out um, about taking the time. Yeah. I, uh, one more thing I forgot to get to in my notes. Um, but before that I have an, yeah, a training day. Yeah. I have a training day diet that I set clients up with. I have an off day diet. It's usually a little bit lower yep. carb. It might raise fats up a little bit depending yep. on the person. I'm talking um, about. yeah. And then I like a high carb day or high calorie day or a free meal day, something once a week. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just have them hit their off day diet and yeah. it's, it's enough for them to recover. Usually it's a couple hundred calories less than the other diets, Correct. depending on the person. Um, the, the, okay, here's the thing. Here it is. I'm looking at my notes here. Um, yeah. Deloads during prep. So I get people asking me yeah, this all one. the time. Um, do you ever take a deload during prep? Why and when? We've kind of talked about um, doing like cortisol resets and stuff like that. And I know I've talked about during peak week, I'll, I'll pull out a lot of stuff. And it's basically a deload, a little higher rep, take the cardio out during peak week. And people drop that inflammation. They drop cortisol and they tighten up a lot. But during prep, have you ever done a deload with somebody and what's yeah. that look like? Yeah. Um, so I do this as part of my, like, where they, when they stall, you know, so you've pulled, you know, maybe you've made two or three carb pulls, nothing's happening. Uh, you're reading biofeedback and now they're saying they're anxious. They're not sleeping as well. You know, that anxiety creeps in. Um, so I do it and it might be like where I'll hit them with carbs that are higher for three days, hit them with extra cordies and don't let them train. Don't let them do cardio, make them go to bed earlier. 
but unless I'm, unless I had time to schedule in diet breaks, like for a full week or two weeks, I'm not given a full week off um, in prep. A lot of times I'm not given that luxury with their time frames, but I do uh, do like a mini deload or a mini like break, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Right. But that's how I unstick people. It's rest, more food, more sleep, extra cordies every two, four to five hours, two of them. And usually I get that cortisol down big time and then I can go right back into the diet phase where we were. Um, and now they'll respond to it. But sometimes I'll even flop it. Like if I take that break um, and they were doing pretty decent on those high macros, I'll just leave them and that's their yeah. new base. And then we get back to training, we get back to cardio. And now I get to pull from 200 carbs rather than 60. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot of times the body works that way and it's just an odd situation, but remember it's that cortisol response. It's that inflammation going on in the body, blood glucose improves, sleep improves. Um, so yes, I use it, but I'm not generally in a luxury where I can give someone a full week off. Typically. Yeah. yeah me either. I'll use it the same way that you did. And dude, how many times have we prepped somebody? We give them off a couple of days before the show. They go out and they have a big meal the night of the show. And the next day they might have a breakfast and they're just kind of chilled out. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the next week, you know, they got another show coming up, you know, two or three weeks later, they're fucking leaner. leaner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they got some time off. They got to drop cortisol. They got some food in there. So for people worried about taking time off, you know, if you do it right and you don't just go eat like an asshole no, no. and do everything, your body should respond and get better. Yeah, it should. And it, these are things that like literally right now I've, I didn't train today. I'm not training tomorrow and I'm going to take Saturday and I'm just going to see where I am Sunday. And I might just watch football and lay around and uh, make it a four day. And I think uh, that'll be what the doctor ordered for me. So, yeah, I agree. It's a good week. I'm taking next week off from emails. My clients know that I send out a Thanksgiving protocol on, on what they need to do and just chill out and eat a little bit of food and relax um, and I know we're going to take the week off. We're not going to have any episodes, yeah. but I am going to link up that excellence cartel episode. So you guys have something else to listen to. Um, and guys, we're thankful for you. You know, we're almost, uh, let's see, we're 44, 45 episodes in, uh, almost halfway to a hundred, man. So it's been a first, it's been a fun first year. We're coming up I on said. that, on that anniversary yeah. in December, man. So we'll probably do something cool for that episode. Oh yeah. Let's um, do that. Yeah. But man, um, I appreciate you. I appreciate all the listeners. Have a good Thanksgiving, Likewise. man. For myself and Jason, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. See ya.